Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And good Saturday morning. Thank you so much for making this part of your weekend. We really appreciate you tuning in. Well, we got a lot to talk about this morning. And first off, if either of the two Super Bowl teams, and I don't know who they are and I don't care, but if either of those are in need of a kicker, I can tell them where they can find some on Quail Drive in Baton Rouge. We'll have more about this week's Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting and how they kick an issue down the beach yet again. I'm talking about the Menhaden restrictions and uh, new, you know, creel limits, not creel limits, but basically the distance where they would be allowed to operate off Louisiana's coast. Now, that meeting was held, by the way, with one seat on the commission still vacant. I don't know what Governor Jeff Landry is waiting for to make his appointment to fill the commission table. I hope he does it soon and hope he makes a better choice than some he's got sitting there right now. By the way, do you have someone in mind who would make a good commissioner? If you do, text me their name and why. Our text number is 504-260-1870. We also take your comments, your questions, and your hunting and fishing reports. Well, this week, uh, Bayou Wild TV premieres the new Tigers in the Wild series. We're featuring two LSU athletes, baseball players, blasting ducks and casting to fish, and Hackberry Rod and Gun. You'll hear from the operator, Captain Kirk Stancil, how that went. We'll also get a little report from him there on the uh, Southwest Louisiana fishing. And you'll hear from College World Series champion, national champion catcher Alex Malazzo. He was one of the two athletes participating in what we call the Hackberry's Grand Slam. We'll also tell you where and how you can watch it. Well, we've got three public wildlife areas now closed due to high water. I'll tell you which those are. And today's bad boy of the outdoor story is about a wabbit hunter who makes Elmer Fudd look brilliant. Coastal Marine forecasts from the National Weather Service. Well, some of you are going to have an open window of opportunity before the heavy rains and move in. Some that window will be open longer than others, depending on how far east you are. And some, well, it may be too late already, depending where you're headed out. The forecast looks like this. There is a gale storm warning that will begin this afternoon through the weekend. Uh, Today, looking at about 100% chance of rain. Offshore east winds, 8 to 15 knots, 1 to 3 foot seas. Tomorrow, those will build to 12 to 20 knots with 3 to 5 foot seas. On the interior lakes and bays, uh, not too bad of a start today. East, 6 to 12 Uh, That will be on the increase, and through tomorrow will be 8 to 15 knots. Average tide range, if you're concerned, 1.0 foot. And the Mississippi River, she's climbing 7.2 on the current gauge. All right, so that's uh, got the stage set. Remember, if you want to text us, it's 504-260-1870. I got some texts coming in early. Uh, The Steel Man, who's been keeping up with us this whole duck season, says, let there be rest the weekend after duck season, 
as individual season tally was 66 ducks over 22 hunts for an average of three per hunt. That's the most in the season for him, but slightly under his 2017 record, which was 3.3 per attempt. Uh, Teal made up the bulk of the bag, and all the difference between a good and a poor season. Happy hunting. Happy hunting. Now, today is for ducks and merganzas. Uh, today is the absolute last day. It's only for veterans and youth in the uh, east zone. If you're headed out, be careful of the weather in your area, and good luck to you. I uh, did close out the woodcock season this week, and we'll talk more about it with uh, the plastic man, Captain Ryan. He and I and Dean Galatis, our dog Smokey and Latte, went down the Atchafalaya Basin near Butte La Rose and uh, closed out with a really good hunt. I think we had a total of 27 flushes. Uh, I got a limit. Dean got a limit. Ryan, uh, really good woodcock hunt. Great sport. It's just too short of a season, and it's over as many of the seasons are ending. We'll be back to check in with Robbie Campo after this on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's check in with Robbie Campo at Shell Beach and find out if you're going to try to get an early fishing trip in today. What are your chances and where should you go? Robbie, thanks for being with us. Uh, Give me a little weather update on what's happening down there in the parish. On the radar, it looks like there's some maybe light rain just starting to come around the area and maybe got an hour, a couple hours before that real heavy system gets in if somebody wants to sneak out and get in that window of opportunity this morning. Well, Don, it's not here yet. Um, <laughs> I don't see no rain in the, uh, you know, I don't feel it drizzling or anything yet. But uh, I'm not saying it's not going to get us. 
Oh, but RJ's here, so I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> so, is he still renting? Is sure. he still renting shrimp from you? You know, he's one of the few people that <laughs> rents shrimp. He puts some money up, yeah, and if he, he doesn't use them, he brings them back. Yeah. You know? Well, he's he's getting ready to back in right now, as we speak. So uh, we're going to find out today. I'll let him. Uh, we'll, we'll find out if he catches something today. I hope he. I hope he's not going to rent. <laughs> All right. Well, give me an RJ report next week. We'll get an RJ. Yeah, report. I'll get. I'll give you the RJ report. Um, but anyway, as far as uh, fishing goes, this past week here, um, you know, Don, we didn't have a whole lot of tide. It was. It was. Uh, we had like this neat tide thing going on, and the water's been low. It's a little bit low this morning. Um, but I think we have a we got a, uh, a east northeast wind blowing, so uh, you probably be able to find some wind blown current. Um, and I, and I, I don't know what the tide range is today because I couldn't it wouldn't pull up on a buoy, but uh, <laughs> for some reason I couldn't get it to pull up. But I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of tide range today. <laughs> probably more today than it was yesterday. I'm thinking. I'm hoping so anyway. But uh, they did catch some fish yesterday on the backside of the uh, Mr. Go Dam going down to the Long Rocks yesterday. Um, it went, and it was mixed bags. It was sheephead. It was puppy drums. It was, uh, you know, some trout. Not a whole lot of trout, but it was some trout mixed in it. Um, so um, up the channel here going towards, uh, going towards Barrett back there, they caught some they caught some freshwater catfish. They caught some bass along those rocks. So the people did pick up some mixed bags, Don, but it's been, you know, uh, I think what hurt fishing yesterday, and it was a gorgeous day yesterday. No gnats. It was one of these days you just you just really, you know, hope to have to go fishing um, and, and, you know, just not a whole lot of tide. But the guys that did went up in the Biloxi Marsh yesterday, um, the guys at the camps on the end of the road here that went up in the Bluffs and Marsh yesterday, they did very well. They caught plenty of redfish up in there, and they, they wound up picking up about 15. I think they picked up 15 speckled trout, nice speckled trout. But, you know, uh, water's starting to warm back up. I'm hoping to see a better trout bite. Um, you know, I'm hoping to see a better trout bite this morning. Now, one thing I wanted, I do want to remind people of is, they're running Knights of Nemesis Parade today. I think it's going to start at 10:30, 11 o'clock. So if you come into the parish of St. Bernard, you're probably going to get caught up in this if you're coming to fish. So um, the only way out is to go through Jacob Drive or St. Bernard Highway. So um, Jacob Drive is right by Gerald's Donuts. You could take that uh, that right right there where Valero's at. And go and you hit Genie Street in the back and come out on Paris Road back there. If you live on the North Shore, or if you're from Metairie or whatever, you could go out um, St. Bernard Highway to you know past the barracks and then cut across. So keep that in mind that um, that the Knights of Nemesis Parade is going to roll today. So uh, I want to make people aware of that because if you're coming out here, you I don't want you to get jammed up in that in that. Uh, you know, if you want decide to come in early. So keep that in mind. Got it. Uh, Robbie, anything else before you go? 
Well, we got live shrimp, so <laughs> come fishing this morning. Come buy some. <laughs> yeah, if, got I got a, I got a tip you can add. Uh, if whatever direction RJ is going, go the opposite way. Take the opposite way. <laughs> go the opposite way. Yeah, well, I, I kind of got an idea where he's gonna where he's gonna wind up. So uh, he's probably going up in the back, so behind behind the cutoff back there. So he'll. If you're going there, I, that's where they caught fish yesterday. I would, you know, the bulk of the fish that was caught yesterday was caught up in that Biloxi Marsh. So, if you're going fishing that this morning, just be careful. The water is a little bit low, but I think you could still pick up some fish back there before this weather gets here. Now they're talking down four o'clock before it really starts downpouring, but I don't know. I didn't see the radar. I just, I, you know, that's from what the news said anyway. So uh, we'll we'll just have to see. Yeah, it's going to get hey, progressively worse, but I think they're pretty close on when the absolute worst part yeah. is going to be passing through. Right now, it's along the Texas line, that really bad stuff from Shreveport all the way down to Hackberry. So it, it's coming. It's a 100% yeah. chance. Just get in and get out before it gets to you, and I think you might be able to put together a nice little mixed bag. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All, all right, right, Rob. Well, thank you, we'll buddy. talk to you next Saturday. Yes, all sir. right, buddy. Bye-bye. Robbie Campo. Campo's Arena down in Shell Beach. All right, got some text messages coming in the backstrap stacker in Mobile. He said the deer hunting in Alabama, in uh, Clark County anyway, slowed down. The rut's starting to slow down. Yeah, they've passed their prime now, but still a little bit of activity. He says uh, he and the little backstrap got three mature bucks this season and looking forward to turkey season in five weeks. All right, I'm looking forward to that turkey season, I promise you. All right, here's one. Don, is there any discussions regarding the explosion of sharks Last three years, previously we occasionally caught a shark while trout fishing, but it's getting ridiculous. If you think it's ridiculous fishing trout around sharks, go offshore and see what happens when you pull up a red snapper head. Yeah, sharks are are, are certainly overpopulated. Uh, They did take some measures a couple of years ago to increase the commercial take, but I think they need to even do more with it, loosen it up, because uh, they are certainly a problem. All right, and I'll be back after this. We're going to talk to Blaine Salter, our freshwater fishing reporter. Hear what he has to say on this Saturday morning where you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And we're joined by Blaine Salter of Salter's Jig and Poles, our freshwater field reporter. Blaine, good morning. What can you tell us about going out after some of those Sakalay or bass or brim this morning. I tell you what, uh, in talking to several anglers during the week, um, it's kind of like walking out your house. I compare it to walking out your house every morning. You're not sure whether you need shorts or long sleeve or thermals. Um, it's uh, it's an unpredictable pattern because that cold weather kind of shut down what the normal patterns were. But uh, I did get a couple good reports um, in some areas you wouldn't think uh, the Chifuncta River. Uh, north of uh, the interstate uh, in the Covington area, they are catching some sacolay uh, and catching bass, actually, up in the coves north of the interstate. Uh, four to six foot of water seems to be the ticket, and red and white, something with a red head is uh, is getting a bite on sacolay. It's not big numbers, but it's good fish. Um, and further this way, uh, I got a weird one. I have a good customer of mine that bought a bunch of poles. I said, you seem excited. She said, Blaine, this weekend at the, on the Diversion Canal, they were catching good numbers of sacolay, and that's one of the first times I've heard that uh, that info because uh, normally it's such a, a, a boat-friendly waterway with skiers, but this time of year is a time you can actually go and fish those areas and find some fish. Um, uh, Lake Verrett area, it's, there's a lot of blackish water taking over all your normal spots. Pretty much all uh, all a cracker head up into bayou corn and those surrounding bayous. A lot of that swamp water got into those areas where we were catching fish, but uh, the fish have moved out and uh, people are catching males in magazine eight to ten foot deep. So it looks like that blackish water ran a lot of fish deep. So. Along with your normal patterns during the spawn, which everybody thinks the spawn is the best time to go fishing, it's the most unpredictable time. They're easy to catch but hard to find. So uh, those are some of the areas I've heard the most, and I've heard some good reports out of False River. You know, False River's been making a comeback, and fish are being caught in the South Flats and up into the mouth of the Chenal Canal. So waters that aren't affected by these rivers seem to be holding a good normal winter pattern. So uh, that's looking up. So false river, hopefully it makes a big comeback in the next few years of what they're doing out there. Blaine, what in your opinion was the demise of false river? You know, false river was put on the trophy lake quality lake system. It always was good to produce some good white perch. And then all of a sudden it just, boom, the bottom fell out and the fishing got horrible. But, it, like you say, is coming back. Is it because of loss of the grass beds, or do you think it's because they were playing with it, using it as a, 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 fall, a diversion for floodwaters? So what was the problem with False River? Well, uh, the first stab, I guess you could say, in the chest was that they allowed these farmers to uh, drain their farmland into the lake. So if you ever – when I swam in False River as a kid, it used to have a hard bottom. But as I got into around 18 to 20 years old, when you jumped in the water, you, you sank in silt about 8 to 10 inches on, in your feet. And that covered the whole lake. 
and then they finished it off when they killed the grass in between the uh in between all the piers and that seemed to to just kill the whole ecosystem because false river was really rich with grass shrimp back in those days and it's it was such a vast food source that you had big brim and the whole ecosystem worked and once those two were gone we are where we are they had to make a big improvement in trying to to redo the flats and, and produce some of those same areas and get that silt out of there by lowering that water and let the sunlight hit but uh it's slowly but surely getting there but that's what happened in the past and that's what made it not the fishery that uh we once knew it was yeah got it um if you would um you know tell people where they can see a demo of uh, your jigging pole you know it's kind of a unique product it's very very effective but it's a little bit different than what most people have fished you know it's kind of in between using a rod and reel and a cane pole where can they find a, a, a demo do you have any videos out there and i know you do a lot of shows if you got any of those coming up oh yeah well look we got the louisiana sportsman right around the corner next month and also the louisiana outdoor expo uh, I'll be up in North Louisiana at the National Crappie League National Championship in Monroe, and there's also an expo there, so I'll be demoing all next weekend. But you can go to YouTube and type in Salter's Jigging Pole, and uh, after you sift through my uh, my dad's videos, because he's still the star, you know, he's still just <laughs> 30 and 40,000 hits. <laughs> and uh, he was always teaching while he was fishing, so that's what's great. You can learn so much by just watching his tv shows but there's i've got several of my videos out there on my salters uh youtube page or you can go to salters and click on all my youtube videos as well and uh it's hard to hear or hard to see in the video but once you see a demo live and i can put a rod in your hands and fit it to your style of fishing um it just makes you better and that's what that's what dad did and that's what i'm carrying on as long as i can go yeah, well, that Louisiana Sportsman Show is going to be at a new location, the uh, you know Raising Canes River Center. So I'll invite people to stop by your booth for sure and see you there, and we'll be talking to you between now and then. Thanks for that varied report. It's like we like to hear. You kind of covered a lot of areas because we reach a lot of areas with this show. Thanks so much, Blaine. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thank you, Don. Good talking to you. See you soon. All righty, Blaine Salter, Salter's Jigging Pole, and our freshwater field reporter. All right, when we come back, I'm going to explain what went on at the uh, very boring and drawn-out Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting with regard to the Menhaden issue. We've been talking about it on this show for years. We'll find out what the commissioners did or didn't do with the notice of intent to modify the fishing rules. We'll be back to do that and get to some of your text messages right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, I got some text messages coming in. Uh, said, uh, good morning, Don. The deer are definitely on the move this morning. Coming down I-10 from Airline South towards Laplace. Saw a real nice rack buck on the side of the road and plenty of does. rut is still on. You know, those deer are amazing along the interstate. I was coming back uh, a week or so ago at night from Baton Rouge, uh, headed towards New Orleans on I-10, and there were four mature deer, and I'm telling you, they were within 20 yards of cars and 18-wheelers driving 70 miles an hour and didn't even pick up their head, just kept on eating grass. And uh, how does that not scare them? But if you're walking in the woods and you snap a twig, they're gone. Amazing animals, those white-tailed deer. 
All right, uh, here's a question. Are they still selling tickets for the boat giveaway for Mississippi CCA, or is it over? Well, it's over when they sell out of the tickets. See, they've got a limited number of tickets they're selling. They're only selling 2,000 tickets at $50 each. Uh, The drawing, I can tell you, will be on Sunday, March 10th at 2 o'clock at the Biloxi Boat Show. I'll be there doing the drawing, so I hope you'll stop by and see me. Uh, I don't know if those tickets are still for sale. I would uh, check with the... Uh, the CCA, uh, Jack's Automotive is one place in Bay St. Louis, the Bay Marina RV Park in Bay St. Louis, or any CCA Mississippi board member. Uh, they're also online, so you can check out the CCA Mississippi website, and you can probably get yourself a ticket there. Good luck to you. All right, here's one from uh, Mike in Myrtle Grove. After 11 years of waiting to get our canals dredged, it finally happened, but as always... You get what you pay for. When politics plays a part of getting work done, never turns out good. When you have to take the lowest bid, most of the time you don't get the best product, right? That's what happened. The dredge company that did this job made an absolute mess of the bayous. They should have left them like they were. Politics, right. That's from Mike and Myrtle Grove. Mike, sorry to hear that. All right, we're going to pause 10 seconds when I come back and tell you what went on at the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting. Right after we let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. All right, I sat through a very lengthy Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting. I will tell you this. This has kind of been uh, buried in the controversy over the Manhattan industry issue. But the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is allowed now, the courts have ruled, they can delist the bear in Louisiana, and the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries can proceed to determine whether they will set regulations to host a bear season in Louisiana limited to 10 tags this season. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Well, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries uh, met, and they were dealing with the notice of intent. Uh, You remember what we've been talking about with David Cresson. He's been on this show many times, uh, talking about creating a one-mile coastwide buffer, a three-mile buffer at Holly and Rutherford Beaches in southwest Louisiana, adding some new reporting and cleanup requirements in case of an intentional or unintentional spill, and it would have kept the current three-mile buffer around the Grand Isle area. Well, that's what they were going to vote on. Well, after hearing a lot of testimony, Representative Joe Ogeron, who has also been on this show, he's been an outspoken uh, proponent for putting these regulations in. He gave a very good speech, and Uh, He led it off and talked about how the science points to needing a 17% reduction. Uh, That was followed by uh, Omega Protein, Francois Cattell. Uh, He said that this is, uh, it's about spills. It's not about bycatch, and uh, they've got new spectra nets that won't tear and won't break. He says if those regulations go in, they'll lose 25% volume, which Economic studies showed 15, and that was questionable because that did not take into consideration if they were going to fish in other areas. David Cresson, a uh, guy from CCA, uh, he spoke, and uh, he said there's been some rumors that the Senate Natural Resources Committee would not support this. He can, he uh, he basically uh, disputed that and said he the ones he have talked to in the legislature are for it. Uh, CMAC, Chris Macaluso, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership said the same thing, and he said he resented, which uh, along with other people, that the reports from the industry says that the uh, this is a chicken little sky is falling. It's very insignificant. Well, the losses that we've seen with net spills, I hardly consider them that way. 
the CCA chairman, Charlie Kaplinger, got up and uh, he produced this, which I haven't heard this stat before. The total catch of Louisiana speckled trout and redfish are 3 million pounds each, which equals a total take for the recreational industry of 6 million pounds. The allowable bycatch by law that they're allowed to kill as bycatch when fishing for Menhaden, 50 million pounds. He also stated that 82 legislators have signed on to oppose this bill. So what did they do with it? Well, they kicked the can down the beach. They said, look, this is a user group issue. We want you, the industry, and you, the recreational people, to go into a room. We'll give you 30 days and come up with an answer. (laughs) I thought that was their job, to come up with an answer. Well, they've thrown it to them, and this has been attempted before. I'm very doubtful that if they will reach a new agreement, and here's what's going to come out of this thing, one of two scenarios. Number one, uh, they they can't get together and come up with a workable proposal that both sides are happy with. Then they throw it back into the commission's court, or they could, uh, the commissioners, if they come up with a workable plan, they can accept the changes. Then they have to modify the NOI and start the process all over again. Public hearings and uh, you know, certain time length that it's got to be discussed, and then it would go before the legislature. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, if the if the Super Bowl teams are looking for a kicker, these commissioners are very good at kicking things down the road. All right, your comments, 504-260-1870. Or you can actually uh, t- text us and tell us about the, a choice for commissioner. They only had six commissioners there. There's one seat that is vacant. We're waiting for Governor Jeff Landry to make that appointment. Do you know of it? Who do you think that would make a good Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commissioner? All right, we're back right after this pause. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, checking uh, on our text messages, we're asking you, do you have anyone you would, who would you, if you were the governor of Louisiana, who would you appoint to sit on the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission to make uh, decisions on policies, regarding the conservation and management of our natural resources. 504-260-1870. I want to thank a newly elected state rep from St. Bernard, Mike Bayham, for his kind comments about our coverage of this uh, Menhaden issue. If you're just tuning in, uh, I was at not at the commission meeting, but I observed it. Uh, you know, now with uh, Zoom, you can uh, stay in your office and, and, and watch the entire thing. Uh, you know, there was just... Fishermen after fishermen got up. Uh, in fact, you know, they asked for those public comments, and we encouraged a lot of people to send those comments. Let me tell you what the comments revealed, and this was presented to the commission. It was 10 to 1. There were 404 comments that were in favor of this NOI to implement these new restrictions on the one-mile buffer, and there were 31 against it. So it's 10 to 1 in favor of putting this through, but yet the commission decided to kick it down the road and put it in the hands of the CCA and the industry itself and told them, go in a room like two kids fighting. Y'all go in a room and settle this and come back and tell us what what we're going to do. You don't want us to make this decision. That's what you're put there for, is to make the decision. Your role as a commission is to take all these mountains of data that have been accumulated over five years, listen to all the public comments, all the science. You are the guys that are charged with making a decision on this, not the user groups, because 
I don't know. Frankly, I don't think they're going to be able to come up with something. And if they do, somebody's going to have to con- give some, make some concessions, and then they'll have to modify the plan, go through the public hearing again. Then what will the commissioners do? Uh, possibly if they can't go and reach any kind of agreement, then it will be put back in the commission's hand, and we'll see what they do on March 7th, but nothing will be done until then. All right, I got a couple of votes for commissioner here. Let's see, we got this one. David Cresson, because he cares about Louisiana. I think David would make an excellent commissioner, but I, I don't know if his job would allow him to, to do that. I don't know. I don't think it would be a conflict because you've got people from all different user groups and walks of life in Louisiana's outdoors that sit on that board. But uh, time-wise, I, I'm not sure David could, could do it, but he certainly would be a good one. Uh, here's Miriam in Lacombe says, uh, time for a boycott of pogi products. Power of the purse. Speak to those who love money over everything in a language they understand. Well, Miriam, I, I don't know how easy that would be to identify all the different pogi products uh, that's you know made into meal and it's used as an oil. I don't know. If you could research that and get back to me, Miriam, I'll certainly put it out there. But uh, I'm not sure that would be that easy to find and identify them. All right, here's a vote for Ryan Lambert, our own plastic man as a commissioner. I think he'd be a good one, too. Ryan truly cares about Louisiana. He's very smart. He's been around. He's been a hunter. He's been a fisherman. He's operated a business. Um, I would suggest to Governor Landry to consider Ryan Lambert. And I have talked to him about it, and he would accept the position. So hopefully someone, either Ryan or someone like him, will get put on there. All right, here's another one. It says, whenever something seems to not make common sense, the cause is inevitably about money. Or in other words, payoffs. Uh, another comment says, it's time we treat the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission the same as we do the Louisiana Public Service Commission, an elected body in lieu of an appointed body. Unelected bureaucrats are never good. I would be for that, but that would probably take constitutional amendment to change how the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission is selected. I got another vote here for Ryan Lambert. Uh, he would be an excellent uh, commissioner, but... We'll see. Uh, it should be named sometime soon and probably will be appointed to the board before the next March 7th meeting, and we'll see what happens with this continuing saga of the pogey boat industry. All right, I got a couple other things I wanted to mention to you. Closures. We've got a couple of public areas where you go to play that are closed. One is the Bogachetta National Wildlife Refuge. Pearl River level has exceeded 15.5 on the Pearl River gauge, so it is closed down. Uh, as long as it's above that, it will also close down the Pearl River Wildlife Management Area. And we've got Cat Island National Wildlife Refuge is also closed. So we've got all of those areas closed due to high water. You're not allowed to go in. Don't waste your time. When you get there, you're going to see a, a sign preventing it. All right, here's one that says, let's see, there's got to be a reason why the commission is refusing to make a decision. Maybe they're getting money under the table. I, I don't think that's it, but I, I think there's some political pressure from somewhere to them. Also, it says they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. Uh, this one says, uh, let's see, inexplicable lunacy. Commissioner Ken- Kenneth Andy Brister of Lake Providence admitted he first heard about pokey boats at a recent commissioning meeting. Please work it out, he told the two sides. Man, to get me involved in this is not the smartest thing to do. Now, what is that saying about yourself? It's not a smart thing for me, who is the commissioner, whose role is to make a decision on this, 
to let me make a decision. Yeah, that guy does not impress me. He's the one that was in favor of the uh, wanton killing of, of snakes up there at Lake Providence where they do that snake roundup. All right, here's one. Ryan Lambert would be greatest commissioner. He would be our Foster Campbell. That's from Baton Rouge. And here's one that says Don Dubuque for commissioner. Uh-uh, ain't going to happen. I like it much better sitting here and uh, covering them and reporting on what they do. That's my job. All right, when I come back after this, we're going to talk to Captain Darrell Carpenter, Grand Isle, get you a fishing report from that area right after this pause. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And let's talk to Captain Darrell Carpenter of RealScreamers.com. And, Darrell, what kind of week was it down in Grand Isle? And uh, what's going to happen this week with this front coming through? looks like the weekend's going to kind of be a washout after this afternoon sometime. Well, Don, this week was a precursor of what spring's bringing. I think it's the forecast is looking mighty, mighty rosy. Uh, some warm days, water warmed up a little bit, got up back up in the 60s, and we found some trout. I mean, there was people there was people catching trout all around the island, um, mostly still up in the marsh, uh, some of the lower bays, but, man, there was some pretty trout to be caught this time of the year. Um, so, I mean, it, it looks like... You know, barring anything that anything that Mother Nature throws at us that's real stupid here between now and March, uh, looks like it's going to be a banner spring. So as long as we can keep, you know, I saw I saw that we had a an expectation of above average precipitation for this for the remainder of this springtime. Um, as long as we can keep that under control to where it doesn't mess up the shrimp crop, I, I just I think we're we're easing into a what's going to be another banner spring. Yeah, they're calling it an El Nino winter, which means uh, a lot of rain, which it's lived up to that. Darrell, those trout you caught, were they on the on the front, the beach, or on the back, in the marshes? And what would you use? In, oh, no, no, Don. The trout, that were, the trout that were caught this week was all back in the marsh. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, surprisingly so, there, there was some in the lower marsh. Um, it wasn't that you had to make that run all the way up toward Lafitte and all. There were, there were trout in the lower marsh in the Bear Terra Bay area. Um, no big numbers. You're not you're not putting limits in the boat just yet, but um, you know they they're they were scattered everywhere. So I mean it, it's looking up. Uh, and how did you catch them? Were you fishing uh, bottom, uh, tight line, under cork, and what was your bait? Live or artificial? Well, it, it wasn't it wasn't me personally. Um, we didn't have anything this week, but I can tell you the reports that I got was. By, by most of them, it was both a mix of, of artificial and some live shrimp. But they didn't. Most people said they didn't want to touch it on the bottom. Said that the trout had moved up higher and it was it was under corks, uh, about three feet deep under a cork, and anything else they just didn't want to move. Um, now the ones that did catch redfish, they were of course shallower and under a cork, working working the banks. There, you know, I mean, everything's looking good, man. It looks like we've got fish moving in, and and it's going to be early if it stays warm. Well, we had some pretty days this week. Uh, you know, the water temperature's still a little cold, and the fish are not quite where they need to be. But you're right, things are, uh, could be looking up. We get a nice little early spring. Uh, I don't know what the groundhog and the nutria said yesterday. Did you hear about how many weeks of winter we got uh, left? I think the ground. I don't think the groundhog saw a shot. I'm not sure about the neutral. I guess it depend on. I guess it depend on whether or not they waited for a cloud to pass over the sun when they jerked him out. You know, I heard an interesting statistic yesterday that uh, being Groundhog's Day, the groundhog has been correct, and this goes back to many many years of, of, of accumulating data. Thirty nine percent of the time, 
Take a guess at yeah. what professional meteorologists, what their percentage is. Probably 16. 37. <laughs> Maybe we ought to put groundhogs on TV, huh? And nutria. <laughs> oh, that, that would be about as entertaining as electing commissioners, man. That, that's a good idea. Speaking of commissioners, uh, you got to vote. Somebody wants to vote. They said put Daryl Carpenter in that seat. He'd represent our state resources the way it should be. And I, I bet you'd serve, wouldn't you, if you were asked? Uh, yeah, I, I would probably entertain it. Um, I would refuse to serve under the puppet strings of what's taking place now. Um, I mean, that, that's the problem with an appointed system. Uh, yeah. If I could get in there and, and actually do some good or what I feel like is some good, but if I've got to check with a check with a higher authority before I make any kind of a vote, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would not compromise my morality that way. Well, they are not supposed to be uh, controlled and influenced. They're supposed to be acting on their own volition and the, you know the best interest of the the people they represent. But again, unelected bureaucrats, I'm not for that. I think an election is the way to do it because then you can hold them, and make them accountable. These guys are not accountable to anybody. Don, we could split the state up north and south into zones, and, and whoever whoever sent that text in about the uh, the PSC uh, must have been somebody I talked to because we could split the state up into zones, just like the PSC is, representing different interests. You could make it a, re- a prerequisite for qualifying that whoever qualified to run must have held a hunting and fishing license for the last five years, so it's an interested party. You can't throw a shoe in in there. Mm-hmm. And, and, hey, I don't. I don't see a problem with making a run at it because it sure ain't working the way it is now. Oh, you think you can convince a legislator to, to introduce an amendment to do that? Well, from what I'm hearing in the legislature, even the Republicans ain't real happy right now, so it's a possibility somebody could make a run at it. All righty. Well, we'll track it. Thank you, Dow. Appreciate your report, too. And, uh, hey, who knows? Maybe you're an ex-commissioner. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. Find him at com or 225-937-6288. We'll be back with our number two, more fishing reports of stuff you and I love to talk about after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.